0: is that we're human beings and we are moved by pictures. Why do you think Jesus came and told parables all the time? Why do we spend money to go to a movie theater and watch a picture show? It is because as human beings, that's what moves us. That's what inspires us. Now, if somebody tells you a story, your imagination works well enough that you can picture it in your head. That's why Jesus would tell parables. He didn't live in a time where he could throw on YouTube to illustrate a point. But in our modern-day era, if we want to show somebody something, if we want to you know, really feel the emotion of what World War II is like and the Jews that you know, were murdered and the struggles that people went through, we don't show you know, fifth-graders you know, the, the Nazi propaganda, will show them a movie like Schindler's List. And by the end of that, you know, hour movie or two-hour movie, you've got, like, kids that don't relate in any way weeping. Why? Because the movie brought it to life and brought emotions with it. So God knew this. He made us emotional. He made us be able to relate to pictures. So what happens is when you sleep, the dream isn't so much only about the what was happening in the dream, when I talk to somebody and and there's an interpretation we need to look at, I say, what was the emotion you felt in the dream? Because dreams are very personal. People will say to me, Well, I have a dream journal and it says that dogs are man's best friend. And I'll be like, well, for some people that's true. But what emotion did you feel when this big dog came up to you? Well I felt terror. I felt scared. And then you talk to them and you find out they're afraid of dogs in real life, right? They, they, maybe they had been attacked when they were a kid or something traumatic happened. So you can't look at a dream dictionary because a dream dictionary is written by one person and that's how they perceive these things. And so you have to say this is a message from God that's been personalized for you. And so if in your dream a dog charges you and you feel fear... And it has a totally different meaning than somebody like for me. I'll have a dream and all these dogs will be in it and it's about my friends. And I'll have a totally different emotion or feeling about it. Because for me, a dog is a best friend. Dog's always there for you. Dog's unconditional love. So why does God give us these dreams and why do sometimes we have nightmares? Well, these emotions that come from the dreams cause us to have different actions and so even a nightmare isn't necessarily from satan i remember i had a repeated dream a reoccurring dream my dream what and it would it would come in different forms but it was repeated and it would happen all the time i'd be in my dream i remember one time i was in a carpet store Carpet store in my hometown. I remember as a little kid going there with my parents, and in the carpet store, I'm in the carpet store and with my parents. We're walking around, we're looking at carpet, and all of a sudden, a guy walks in with a gun, and he's robbing the place. And I remember hiding down behind the big rolls of carpet, and we there was a phone, and I go and I grab the phone and I try to dial for help, and I go nine one two. Oh, it's the wrong number. I hang up, I pick it back up again. 966, oh, it's the wrong number. I would hang it up, I would pick up, you know, 811. Oh, I mean, I would, like the entire dream then, the rest of the dream would be me sitting there calling for help as it's like getting more and more conflict going on. And you would say that's a nightmare. I mean, I would be terrified, I would be upset, and I would be so angry that I couldn't call for help. And then the next dream, I'd be in the 7 Eleven, somebody's robbing the place, something bad is happening, and I'd crawl down behind the counter and I'd grab my cell phone out of my purse. Same thing 967, wow. 913, oh, like all night I would have this dream. And my emotion would just be this like frustration and this fear and this upset. And I would have, I mean, I had it for years, I, I had the same dream. For like on and off, and like in one night, I'd have three dreams, all the same, but it would be different things. Like one time, I'm at a barbecue, a backyard barbecue, and you know the house catches on fire, and I run over to the neighbors and I'm trying to call for help. And I'm like, I need to use your phone. Something really bad's going on. Ah, and they're like looking around. They hand me a phone, and they keep going on with their conversation. No one's paying any attention, and I keep trying to call for help, and nothing. Would, I could never call for help, never. Well, I, of course, I just never thought dreams were from God. I'd never really understand. Nobody ever taught that to me. And so after I, you know, took a class, a biblical class, we looked at all the scriptures, began to understand that even nightmares, every single dream is from God. He is the one, especially if you're a Christian, you believe in Christ. He's the one that's got that direct connection because when you believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and He's trying to teach you something. And I remember, like, okay, Lord. Now that I know this we're going to talk about this reoccurring dream what is going on and after prayer and like kind of looking at it which I'll talk about another time of that how to interpret a dream but the answer ended up being Mary you don't know how to ask for help because there was a correlation with my dream and what was going on in my waking life and I realized that I was having these dreams whenever I was going through something stressful And I would think that it's my responsibility to take care of everything, whatever situation I might have been in. So once I began to realize that, the next time I had that dream, I woke up that morning and I said, "Okay, I don't want to feel this fear. I don't want to feel this frustration. And I realized that, okay, I'm feeling that throughout the day subconsciously. That same emotion that I was feeling in the dream, I was feeling it throughout the day because of whatever situation. And I remember the one time I woke up and had that dream and that instantly I sent out an email and started asking for help. Hey, we got this going on and I'm really feeling the pressure to to deal with this, but I need help. Can you help me? And all of a sudden I began asking a few different people. Some people, oh, we'll help you. And the next night I didn't have that dream. In the past, I might've had that same dream like five days in a row. And as soon as I asked for help, the dreams stopped. I didn't have that dream again for probably a year or two. And then all of a sudden, I had it one night. And I was like, I woke up in the morning, like, what is going on in my waking life that I'm dreading, that I'm fearing, that is like causing all this struggle? And I realized what project I was working on that I felt that same emotion. And I asked for help that day. And so that was a message from God. What was God trying to say? Mary. You don't have to do this on your own. If some, a robber came into the convenience store and you were there, you would call 911 for help. But yet, here in your waking life, Satan is trying to steal this from you, and you think you've got to figure it all out and battle the bad guy all by yourself and deal with the situation all by yourself. Just like you would call for 911 for help with that, call somebody and ask for help. Once I recognized that this dream was a message from God, now when I have that dream in my waking life, I realize God is directly saying to me, it's OK to ask for help. And so even nightmares can be and are messages from God. And when we, when we specifically talk about that, I'm going to even share a few more that I have um, either interpreted from other people or I've had. So, but we see biblically that Job is saying in this message that God is talking to us. And sometimes we're like, why? I can't hear your voice. Well, biblically, we know that most of the time God talked to people, it was through their dreams. Now, their culture was totally different than ours, though. In their culture, it was 100% acceptable. Everybody knew that if you had a dream, it was from God and that there was some sort of meaning. they understood the symbolism they understood the meaning we're, we're gonna look here in Genesis with Joseph and his family he didn't have to say hey when the brothers things fall down on worship mine, that that you know this is what it meant they didn't he didn't even need to tell them they knew what it meant because that was part of their culture they totally knew it and accepted it now we don't live in a Middle Eastern culture So that's why we have to be taught this and have to be reminded of this Even though it's a third of the Bible dreams and visions We don't even we don't even accept that we don't even think about it that way We see in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and this is actually quoted in the book of Acts So we see this New Testament that they they talked about dreams They they talk about the dreams they had um, that they knew that the Holy Spirit especially Would come upon them and that we would all have dreams, but In Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So not just the pastors, not just the prophets, on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Now, why does he say that the old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions? Well, we already saw in the book of job that they called the dreams visions of the night so whether these young men had the visions in the nighttime or visions during the day we know that biblically these these visions these desires come from god i I love there's i think it's a proverb or psalm where it says god will give you basically a desire in your heart so that he can fulfill it Oh, I love that. Because don't you sometimes wonder, like, why am I desiring, right, uh, this job here, this or that? Sometimes it's from God because he wants you to desire it. He wants you to start pursuing it, and then he can fulfill it. So what does a dream do? It gives us a goal. It gives us something to think about. It g- Again, all of a sudden it's not just somebody saying to you, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a million dollars? If you have a dream and you're in that, and all of a sudden you're, you're in your dream, right? You wake up, and you get a letter in the mail. And, Uncle so-and-so passed away, and he just left you a million dollars. And you feel this emotion, this rush of, oh, I have this million dollars, and, and I, wanna, I can help with this, or I can do this, or I can get the house I want. When you wake up, it's not just a thought of, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a house like this. It's you felt that emotion behind it. And now, all of a sudden, what was a vision of the night becomes a dream, a vision of the day. And it becomes something that you aspire to or your goal. Now, when you're little, we get this. How many times do we ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're asking them, what do you see yourself doing? We're asking them, what is your vision? What is the vision in your heart of what you're going to be in 20 years? That's why I believe it was... The visions for the young men. It was, what is your goal? What is your vision for the future? Now, the old men, they're having dreams, right? They're just getting the messages from God. They've already lived that. But the young men, they need to have this vision. They need to have this goal. Now, I believe it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm like, let's say, over 40. We won't say how far over 40 I am. But I'm over 40, You know, and and when I was younger, I thought over 40 was old. Like, how could she still have dreams and visions, right? Like, she's lived her life. Yeah, no. My goal is to live to be 100. That is a vision. That is a goal. That is a dream that God has put on me. And so it's like, I got a lot of living left to do. I'm not even halfway there yet. And so I'll pray. I'll ask the Lord, show me where am I going to be in five years. Show me where am I going to be in 10 years. I remember I had this list written down, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, it was a vision of where me and my husband would be five years from now. And I didn't even say anything to him at first. I just had written it down. I kind of had stuck it somewhere where only I could see it. And I would pray over that. Whenever I would see, I'd be reminded. I'd pray. I'd be like, Lord, I thank you that we're going to have these five goals by the time five years from now from when I had written it down. And one time I mentioned it to my husband, and he was just like, what? That's, that's crazy. How in the world is that going to happen in five years from now? And at that point, there are a couple of years had gone by, I'm thinking, no, we only got three left, but okay, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I knew that God had put that vision on my heart, and so I prayed over it, and I asked Him, right? He gives us the vision, so we will ask. And once you have that, you have something to work towards. And I remember five years later coming across that list and going through it all and being like, check, check, check. That is how good our God is. But if we don't ask, if we don't write write down the vision, right? That's in Habakkuk. Write down the vision so that way the herald can run with it. Well, I don't know about you. I don't really run. But there's angels that have been sent. And I know they run a lot faster than I do. Say, all right, I'm writing it down. So all my helpers here, all these angels, like help me run with this vision. This is what God has communicated to me. This is what I'm going to write down. This is what I am believing God is going to help me with. And so we have these dreams. Sometimes they begin at dreams at night. And some of you might be thinking like, Mary, I've never had a dream at night. And then that ended up being my goal during my waking life. Well, I don't know about you, but do you remember what you dreamed three weeks ago? You probably don't unless you wrote it down or unless it was something really spectacular but whether you are aware of it or not you are having multiple dreams every night now depending on how you wake up you may or may not remember them but your spirit does your soul does now your waking body if you have an alarm clock if you are on certain types of medications You may not consciously be aware of those dreams when you wake up in the morning. Now, if you are able to wake up without an alarm clock, lay there, consciously think about them, be aware of them, and write them down immediately, or a lot of times I'll grab my phone and do the voice memo. If, gosh, if anything ever happened to me, my kids know the the, the, goal, you know, the little code to get in my phone. There's like oh, probably almost 100 little voicemails. <laughs> They're going to have a blast, like just sitting there and playing those and be like, oh my gosh. And, you know, or I'll email myself real quick the dream, but most of the time I have a, a notebook and I'll write my dreams down in it. But if you write it down right away, you're much more likely to remember it. You're much more likely to, to have that. Last night, my dream was I was, I don't know if I was here at the Dream Center, but I was in a place, it wasn't at my house, it was kind of like a public type place, and we had dart guns. Anybody ever seen those little Nerf foamy dart guns? And bad guys would come through and we would take our dart guns, and I had been sitting there with a file and a little plastic end of the dart gun. I was trying to file it down to a point, and the bad guys would come through, and I would take the dart gun, and I would shoot it at them, and it would, like, stick <laughs> into their, into their um, you know, their skin or their shirt or whatever, and they would leave. I woke up, you know, in the morning, and I'm like, okay, God, what is that, right? You know, seriously, bad guys came in, and I didn't have any emotion of fear or uh, anger or worry or anything like that. It was just, we're just getting all ready. I was just filing down these little Nerf gun bullets, you know, and they'd come through, bang, get them. They just would turn around and leave. I'm like, all right, Lord, what what is that? And I really felt like the Lord was saying, because a lot of times God is creative and he is wonderful. A lot of times there will be a play on words, and, and we'll talk about that when we get into the interpretation, but it was... Getting rid of the enemy is child's play. It's child's play. You weren't worried, you weren't afraid, you were confident, you, you, you sharpened up your bullets, you took time to sharpen it up, right? I, I read my word, I, get, I make sure my skills are sharp, but when the enemy came in, you just took that Nerf gun and went bang, they left. Getting rid of the enemy in your life is as, as simple as child's play. I was like, wow, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, because if it didn't have a sharp tip, it would bounce off. But with a sharp tip, it just would go right into him. So we see there's so many different verses that will talk about dreams. But I thought what I would do is let's look at Joseph here. Again, their culture understood and knew right away. In in Genesis chapter 37, it talks about Joseph's family, Jacob. It's the father, and he had... Twelve boys. And it says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. So he was having issues. He was one of the younger ones, and the older brothers didn't like him. So he tells them this dream else and they hate him. It's like what? Why would a dream? Because they knew that dreams came from God. They knew that he was just declaring, um, this is what God says. This is what's going to happen to you guys. And they hated him for it because God was going to bless him. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheave rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Now, for some of us, we'd be like, well... It didn't say that I was standing in the field and you all bowed down to me. He didn't say that. So why would they assume that their sheaves bowing down to his sheave meant that? Well, one big thing about dreams is they're very symbolic. It is very, very rare that you and the people in the dream actually represent you and those people. So they didn't represent themselves, but the sheave they were holding represented them. And so they understood this and they knew this. If I actually have a dream about Roland, let's say. We got two Rolands, so it might be either one of you. Now, it might represent something about them, um, something that I feel strongly about them, or it might represent their name. Now, I know that Roland means high land, or wealth, or like valuable land. And so if I have a dream about Roland, I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with Roland. I believe it has something to do with wealth or promotion going up higher in the land. And so all of a sudden when I apply that to the situation, the dream makes total different sense. So again, dreams are very symbolic. When I dream about my husband in a dream, has nothing to do with him. I associate intelligence with my husband. Sorry, but that's my personal thing. That's how I see him, right? Smartest man in the world, smartest man in the room, right? That's just a husband, wife love. But all of a sudden, I'll be in a dream, and he's driving me somewhere, and we keep getting lost. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call, let's say from Marlene, and all of a sudden, we get to the right place. Well, what does that mean, Mary? When I depend on intelligence to get me to where I'm going, I'm not going to make it, as much as I love my husband. In that moment, in whatever I'm doing in my waking life, I'm trying to do what I think is smart. But Marlene represents Holy Spirit to me. When all of a sudden I take a minute and I listen to the Holy Spirit, I can get to my destination. I'm not frustrated. I remember one time uh, Wesley was driving a, horse-driven carriage, and I'm in the back, and he's taking me somewhere. Now, what is that supposed to mean, Mary? Well, Wesley represents joy. And guess what horse represents? Todd. I know, sounds weird. But whenever there's a horse in my dream, that represents Todd. So if Todd's my dream, it's not him. If there's a horse in my dream, I'm dreaming about my husband. And what the Lord was telling me, he was like, when you allow joy to drive your marriage and you focus on the joy in your marriage, you'll get to your destination. Now, this is why modern-day Americans are like, I don't get the dream, it doesn't make any sense, because it's way too complicated. Now the people who lived in the Middle East, if they understood algebra, they'd be like, why are you guys doing that? That's way too complicated. Let's just count them. (laughs) right? If we were to say, well, there's five rows of seven, let's multiply that out by pi, and we'll figure out how many sheep you have in the field. And they're like, well, that's complicated. Now, to them, our complicated algebra probably sounds as foreign as this dream interpretation does to us. But that doesn't mean just because it's complicated, we shouldn't take the time to learn it. We still teach algebra to our kids in school because we know that there's a benefit, that if they could understand how to multiply things out, they could figure out the answers to things. But we don't teach, if you could understand the symbolism in your dreams, you could hear this message from God. Now somebody took the time to learn ancient Hebrew to translate this for us. Somebody's going to take the time to understand the symbolism of your dreams so you can hear a message from God. The only thing is, is God wants to be able to give you that every single day. Now, you're not going to be able to call the church and ask for Pastor Mary to meet with you every single day to talk to you about your dreams. But I have had people have a repeated dream or a very, like, strong nightmare that they can't stop thinking about and the emotion they're feeling. Call me up, and I'll sit down with them. I say, okay, let's... Dreams are from God, interpretation is from God, but I'm gonna listen and then seek God and and help you understand and interpret your dream. But I do believe that the ability to understand your dreams is for everybody. And so a lot of times after I'll sit with somebody once or twice or teach a class on it, then all of a sudden they're able to interpret their own dreams. And again, if we know their message is from God, why would we not wanna pay attention and listen whenever we have one that is strong? that we remember. So his brothers were angry when he says that we we're out in the fields, we made sheaves, and yours bound down to me. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Because they knew the dream was from God and they understood what the symbolism meant. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Again, they didn't need to talk about what the symbolism meant. As soon as the father heard it, he knew that the sun and the moon were him and his wife, and that the 11 other stars bowing down to him were the 11 brothers. One thing that we see biblically is that the numbers mean the numbers. So if you have 11 brothers and there's 11 things in your dream, that's what it represents. We see that numbers mean what they are, but the symbolism is always there. Now, a lot of times I'll have people will have a dream, and I'm in it, and they'll call me up because they think that they had a dream about me. And I'll remind them, okay, is, was that me, or did I represent maybe God or the Bible or the Holy Spirit? Like, what do you feel about me in your life? And we have to remind ourselves that the people in our dream isn't necessarily that person. It's, it's the feeling, it's the emotion, it's, it's something about that person. Maybe it's where they live. Maybe you, know, maybe you have a friend that lives out in Asia, and so you think of them as being exotic. I remember one time having dreams about um, Ferraris, you know, and it wasn't about this fast car. It was about something being foreign. And the thing is, though, when you do have a dream about somebody else, it's typically somebody that you're close with, somebody that maybe is under you like a child, and you know it's a dream about them if you're observing it, if you're an observer. You're not actually in the dream. You're just, you're just watching this dream. But those are very rare. Most of the time the dreams you get are about you and something you're processing. What were you thinking about that night before you went to bed? What is something that is going on in your life that you're struggling with? Because this is a message from God. So he's maybe trying to give you some guidance, or he's trying to give you some hope, or he's trying to give you a vision and a goal to hold on to. Now, why did Joseph get these dreams? At that point, his brothers hated him. They had more power than him. They were over him. He was never, ever going to be in a position where they bowed down to him. They lived in a culture where the oldest son was going to take over the family when the father died. And if the oldest son died, then it might be the next one, then it might be the next one, then it might be the next one. He was number 11 in the lineup. That'd kinda be like if Queen Elizabeth had 11, 12 children and the 11th one had dreams of being the king, that would mean that 10 of his brothers and sisters would either have to die or walk away from that. That'd be very rare. So in this culture, he's having a dream that they're all going to bow down to him. So they're not dead. They're still alive. They're going to bow down to him. God was giving him a vision, a goal, something to hold on to, to sustain him. Because we, if you read the entire chapter here in Genesis, you soon find out, if you continue reading through, that his brothers ended up selling him into slavery and he found his way to Egypt. He's far away from home, probably doesn't know the language, doesn't understand the culture. He's a slave in Potiphar's house. But he knows God has given him a message, and the goal in his heart is one day I'm going to be in so much power that my brothers are going to come and bow down to me. So I know I'm not going to be a slave forever, because who bows down to a slave? So I'm going to be the best darn slave there is, because one day they're going to be bowing down to me. And he kept going forward. And Potiphar's wife said, come to bed with me. And he's like, no, I serve God and I serve Potiphar and I won't do that to either God or to to my master. And so she says, okay, well then I'm going to tell everybody you raped me. And he gets thrown into jail and prison in Egypt. If you're not familiar with prisons and jails, Many years ago, the government didn't take the time to feed them. You better hope that somebody in that town loves you enough to come bring you food and put it through the windows, and you knew what time they were coming every day to go up to the window or the gate to have food thrown over to you. Because they didn't feed, Why would they feed you? They're trying to punish you. They didn't care if you starved to death. So now Joseph's in jail in Egypt, has nobody, so he has to work for it. He has to go to the jailer and say, what work do you need done around here so I can earn some of your table scraps? And he didn't give up. He wasn't mad at God. He said, God showed me that one day my brothers and my father and my mother are going to bow down to me. So I'm going I'm to do whatever I can to have food to eat to survive this because this is not the end because God gave me this dream. And I'm going to hold on to this dream. I'm going to hold on to this vision. And while he was there, and while he was serving, it says that he made his way up all the way to where he was running the entire prison. Just like he was running Potiphar's house, now he's second man to the prison guard guy. He didn't have to worry about anything because Joseph was managing everything. And so it says here in Genesis chapter 40, verse 6, that while he was there, he hears about a dream that two inmates have. Now, these two were from the royal household, and they had served Pharaoh. Because Potiphar was so high up, Joseph got put into the royal prison. And so he's running the place because he's got to earn his keep while he's there. And he hears about the baker for the Pharaoh and the cupbearer. And so it says here in Genesis chapter 40 verse 6 When Joseph came to them the next morning he saw that they were dejected So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him as his master's house Why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams they answered But there is no one to interpret them Then Joseph said to them Do you not interpret interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams now it's interesting here that in Egypt they didn't understand the symbolism as quickly as Joseph and his brothers and his family did why because they serve Jehovah the Egyptians are serving the Ra God and all this stuff so they don't even recognize that there is a God who created everything that could talk to them in their dreams but they knew these dreams were so strong that it had to have been a message but that culture didn't know how to interpret them and so Joseph says, do not they not belong to my God, Jehovah? That's the God I serve, so tell me the dreams, and I will tell you what they mean. So he listens to their dreams, and he says, this is what your dream means, and this is what your dream means. And then they go back. Pharaoh calls them back, and let's see what happened. So Joseph had said that the wine bearer the cup bearer would be restored and the baker would be killed so in Genesis chapter 40 verse 21 says Pharaoh restored the chief cup bearer to his position so he once again put the cup in Pharaoh's hand but he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation the chief cup bearer however did not remember Joseph he forgot about him So Joseph had told them, like, look, this is what's going to happen, and you are going to still be alive, so when you go there, please tell Pharaoh that I am not meant to be here, that I've been lied about, and and, and, please get me out of here. The cupbearer was probably like, are you kidding me, dude? I'm just going to be glad to be out of the prison. I'm not going to remember you, and he didn't. But if you know the story really well, eventually Pharaoh has a dream, and it's about the the seven cows coming up out of the water, healthy cows, and then seven gaunt cows come up and eat the healthy ones, but they're not any fatter. Or the seven plump, you know, ears of kernels on the stalk, and then the seven shriveled ones eating up the plump ones, and them still shriveled. And Pharaoh was so disturbed by this dream, it's probably one of those repetitive dreams, that he asked all of his wise men to tell him what it meant. Now, it says they were unable to interpret it. Does that mean they didn't have a guess? No, they probably all had a guess. Well, it means this. Why didn't didn't he accept those guesses? Because when God gives you a dream and you're talking to somebody and the interpretation comes, your spirit bears witness when it's a correct interpretation. If someone comes up to you and says, well, I think this is what it means... Most of the time you're like, eh, I don't think so. But when all of a sudden somebody is actually hearing from God and understands the symbolism and helps you with it, all of a sudden you'll be like, that's it. That, that bears witness with my spirit. That's, that's exactly how I felt. That makes sense. And so Pharaoh had not yet had that confirmation in his spirit until all of a sudden the cup bearer says, you know what? There was a young Hebrew boy in the prisons, and when I had a dream and the baker had a dream, he had interpretation, and I both bear witness, and it came true. All of a sudden, he's like, "Go get him!" And so Joseph came and listened to the dream and said, "I, I love this." He's like, "I can't interpret the dream, but the God, I serve can." And he took a minute and he told Joe or told the Pharaoh what he believed God was saying it was, and it it confirmed in Pharaoh's heart. To the point where he said, I'm going to make you second in command. Just like you ran Potiphar's house, just like you ran the prisons, I'm going to let you run everything. And that dream that he had when he was a young man came true. Because eventually Joseph's brothers had to come to Egypt for grain. And they were brought before him and they bowed down to him. And eventually his father and his rest of his family came and they bowed down and Joseph was able to save them all. But why did God give him that dream when he was young? Why didn't God just wait and still do all that without giving him that dream? Because the dreams and the visions are promised to us and they are what get us through the hard times. They are what tell us, like, okay, I'm struggling, I'm worrying, I'm laying in bed at night wondering what's going to happen. The next day when you have a dream and all of a sudden you have that peace or you have that whatever, your situation might not have changed. But because God gave you that dream or that vision, now that becomes what you focus on. That's the whole point of the parables and the pictures. It's like changing what you're focusing on. Now, even though my earthly situation here has not changed, my focus is no longer on the problem. My focus is on this dream or this vision that God gave me. And now everything has changed in my heart. I'm at peace because even though this chaos is going on, I know that God has given me a message in my dream, and this is going to be okay. This is why we are a dream center, Because there are people and situations, and even us, that everything is not okay. But when you have a dream or a vision from God that says it's going to be okay, and this is what we can work on to get to that point, and you have a dream that is beyond the moment you're in, you're going to walk in peace, you're going to walk in joy, you're going to walk in a way that is totally different than focusing on the chaos that you're in. So... As we continue in the month of June as a Dream Center, I'm going to show you a few more passages in the Bible next week. We'll talk a little bit more about interpreting the dreams, how God is talking to us in our dreams. What does it mean when you have a dream about sex? Does that mean you're a horrible person or you want to leave your wife and go be with this person that you just had a dream about? It's a message from God, Mary. Maybe God is saying I need to. No, that's not what it means. Dreams are symbolic. Do not leave today and think that some weird dream you had was from God. And you need to, if you had a dream last night about robbing a bank, that was not God telling you to go rob a bank. Right? They're all symbolic. Whenever you do have a dream, do not make a huge life decision without confirmation and really make sure that's what, you, what it means. It was funny, uh, one of the people I had studied under with dream interpretation kept having a dream about moving to Montana. And there was some phrase in it, and, and he kept thinking like, he, he, I mean, he honestly asked God, am I supposed to move to Montana? You know, he lived out in New York. I mean, if this is you got, it. but there was nothing else in his waking life that had anything to do with Montana. It wasn't like he had a job offer in Montana. It wasn't like his wife had always wanted to move down to Montana. With nothing, there was nothing in his waking life that confirmed moving to Montana. And he couldn't. He he'd asked all of his, you know, people around him, "Do you think I should move to Montana?" And they're like, "Why would you move to Montana?" And I don't know. I just was wondering. So nothing confirmed it. And he just didn't understand. But he kept having that. Well, then all of a sudden, he mentioned it to some friends one time at dinner, and the phrase that had gone with it, and the one lady goes, oh, I lived out there. This is what that phrase means. And as soon as he heard what the phrase meant, it clicked, and it had something to do with his waking life. And it was basically talking about moving up to a high place or whatever it was, the mountains in Montana or whatever the phrase referred to that people in Montana understood. And so you always, like I said, it's symbolic. So we will talk more about it, but I just wanted to mention that about the SCX or, you know, making a big life decision since I'm telling you they're from God. Don't make any more life decisions based on your dreams until we continue on with how to interpret them. Make sense? All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that the blessings you had for people that lived 3,000 years ago and 5,000 years ago are the same blessings you want to bestow on us today. You love us just as much as you love the children of Israel and the people of the New Testament. So we thank you that just is like you messaged them, gave them hope and dreams and something better to focus on and messages in their dreams, you want to do that for us as well. But Father God, our culture has gotten so far from it, we don't know how to interpret it, we don't know how to seek you, we don't know how to even remember them the next day. So since we are a Dream Center, and since we do know that you want to give us inspiration, we ask you that this week, we will remember our dreams. Give us one or two very vivid, repetitive dreams for us to remember. Help us to write them down. Help us to understand the emotion, the actions we did, the settings we were in. So as we come back next week and learn about how to interpret those dreams, that as we hear and have understanding come, that it will make sense. And it will be something that we can apply to our waking life to either bring us peace or bring us understanding or to bring us guidance. We thank you, Father. And we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful evening. Don't forget that the blessing shop is open.